Welcome to the Meat and Potatoes Podcast, a Silicon Slopes production. Meat and Potatoes shines a light on the people in Silicon Slopes who get things done. We explore how, why, and when they get those things done and why their work is the meat and potatoes of Utah's tech and business community. Today we are joined by Justin Reese. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. And you came down from beautiful Morgan? Absolutely. Also beautiful down here, but uh, <laughs> I'm a little partial to up there. So you're the, the founder and CEO of Ride Systems. There was then a merger with Double Map and Ride Systems. And what was that company called? So we formed a holding corporation called Journey Holdings, and uh, that's been operational for just about a year. Okay. And then we're going to cover all this in detail, but there was an acquisition by Ford Motor Company. Yeah, very exciting. This last summer, we were able to uh, talk to and negotiate our way through an acquisition by Ford, and it's truly an honor to work with such an amazing company as, as Ford. The Journey Holdings, you'll still be the CEO. That's correct. Okay. Very cool. And it'll still be Utah-based? Absolutely. Yeah, we have every intention to continue to grow here in Utah and uh, expand our workforce here, along with the other two locations that we now have, uh, one in Indianapolis, Indiana, and in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, cool. Both great towns. Both great towns. Very nice. All right, so let's talk about the early days and the founding of Ride Systems. Where did the idea come from? Uh, how did you build the product? Uh, let's go over all of that fun stuff. Absolutely. So uh, growing up in Morgan, it's a farming community. Uh, so I had opportunity to drive and operate some heavy equipment. Uh, looking for a job out of, out of high school, starting into college at Utah State, that happened to be probably the one, uh, one of the most well-paying jobs as a student up there, which was driving a bus. Cool. So I got to leverage my uh, commercial driver's license and hop on a bus and drive around in circles uh, for, uh, for my work. But in doing that, I've just always been enthralled with the idea of technology improving life and yeah. improving situations where something is to be solved. A uh, problem is, is there and technology can be used to resolve and figure out a solution that makes it better for everybody. And in, in doing uh, this driving, uh, one of the tasks you're left with is to uh, count people as they enter the bus. And that was all done by clipboard. Okay. And uh, then also you have to do a safety inspection which requires the driver to walk around the bus and mark what is uh, wrong or if there's a problem so that it can get fixed and obviously uh, deliver your passengers safely uh, to their classes. And I uh, found an opportunity to use some of the uh, skills I started in a beginning computer science class and uh, started doing some things on a, a smart device. This is Pocket PC, which is somewhere between where we have with Android and, and iOS now and the early days of Palm, but there was a Microsoft mobile app, uh, mobile device uh, that ran uh, Pocket PC. And I designed a, a, a small, simple application that did the vehicle inspection walk around, and then later we had a class project that we introduced this passenger counting aspect to it. And it was really just fun to see how that uh, was able to solve this problem of, of doing this gathering of information and doing it digitally. Okay. So that's where it started. That's where the idea came from. Nice. Solving a problem that you were involved with. Classic. Yeah. Very cool. So um, I assume at some point you wanted to sell your <laughs> idea or, you know, have customers and stuff. How did that work when uh, uh, you're kind of doing it for free just to make the processes and operations better? At what point did you say, hey, by the way, now it's 
hundred bucks a month or something. Yeah. So 2004, I believe, is when we started at Utah State and uh, did that as more of just a for fun thing. wasn't any money involved at that time. Then uh, looking 2006, 2007, we were actually approached by the University of Utah. So we had the Utah State being the first, University of Utah being the second, and they had the same problem that they were trying to solve for. They had, they had seen what we had done at Utah State, decided that that would be something they're interested in, and uh, were able to uh, take a risk on on me and delivering something that they could use. So 2007 is when we officially incorporated as Ride Systems, uh, quit my day job, and uh, and then said, let's give it a shot. I had a father that was very encouraging um, at doing and taking opportunities when they were presented, and this is one that uh, – that he encouraged me to take a look at and, and pursue. Obviously had some support of a, of a lovely and, and a very um, amazing wife that uh, went through this. Fortunately, early on in any startup, you don't really pay yourself. So she was the one that still uh, carried the, uh, the responsibility of making the money for the family, and, and I'm grateful gotcha. for that. But uh, we were able together to, to move on and um, uh, stuck that out for the first few years until we were able to see that this was something that was viable to continue forward. Okay. And so I assume you, you built more uh, features and, and products besides counting people yeah. and looking at the bus? Absolutely. So I, I learned quickly that um, as uh, creative and uh, technical that I was, it was not nearly enough. And so very, very quickly uh, needed to find some help. Uh, there was a gentleman that I had worked with at my uh, day job prior to, to quitting and uh, his name is Ben Haney, who was just an amazing software engineer. Uh, still is, still is with the company and, is, and does amazing things for us. But he, uh, he was able to take these ideas and actually put them into something that was useful for clients. Um, and as we got into the GPS tracking portion of our feature set, that was instrumental for us to continue forward in making this a, a product that we could really take out to the other transit agencies and, and mobile companies out there. Okay, so fast forward a few years. If if I were to ask this question in 2011, what what does Ride Systems do? Your answer would have been make it easy to ride the bus. Okay, and uh, it makes it easier for the the bosses of all the bus drivers to know who's uh, trying to reenact the NASCAR race versus <laughs> being safe. That's exactly right. So th- there's two two audiences that we serve, and and one being the riders. We we uh, saw a problem with. Uh, you know, anything nowadays, we're very impatient. We don't like to wait around longer than we have to. And, and if it's if it's been a couple minutes for us, sometimes it seems like an eternity. So trying to get that information to riders, um, when they're waiting at the bus stop or wanting to catch a bus uh, from work, they can look on their phone and see it on an app that we provide, free to the users. Um, also, the transit agencies, are, we empower them with some tools that allow data to be gathered and uh, for them to, to use that to figure out where they need some improvements, some inf- gain some efficiencies, uh, look for ways that they can improve that overall experience for riders. Cool. And so your, your main customers today are similar to your first customers or is that switched as well? No, very similar customer set. So we, we're in different markets. Uh, the university market was one where we started. Uh, that branched out into cities and municipalities. Uh, today, we have airports, hotels, different hospitality-type uh, operations, corporations. Uh, we've, we track boats. Uh, really, anything that's moving people, 
this particular product can help and help on both sides, as I said, both the agencies and the operators uh, conducting the business with the with the vehicles as well as the people using it, the riders. Gotcha. So uh, what about, you know, freight, semis, or, or things like that? Is that something you're interested in or is it too different? It's just different enough. That's fleet tracking that we certainly can do, but it's not the niche that we decided to to really invest in. Uh, our niche is, is people mobility, and uh, the freight that you see on semi-trailers and, and trains and that don't quite fit into that market. Okay. All right. So there was a merger of, of double map and ride systems, which was probably good practice for the, your acquisition by Ford, but um, go through that real quick. Yeah. So there were a few companies that started up in a similar time frame to us, um, one being double map and the other being Transloc, which we later have now merged with. And uh, we've been competitors in the market for quite some time, a uh, little different approach to how we went after the market and, and who we were marketing to. We found that with double map specifically, that we were closer and uh, more alike in what we wanted to do as a company in the future. Uh, we felt it was better to join forces and to uh, attack the future in that way rather than compete against each other. And that proved out to be successful. Oh, cool. And so was that them reaching out to you, you reaching out to them? Was it a banker that made the connection? That was a very organic uh, merger that we conducted with them. They they had originally reached out to me, which I had shunned them a few times. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a, some founders on their team that's very remarkable people, have a lot of respect for them. And they, they reached out, and as we talked through the opportunities and what we felt like we could do together, it just seemed to make sense. And uh, I think time has proven that correct. And when was that? That was October of 2018. Okay. We, uh, we did merge in last, so last fall, and then uh, we didn't announce until after the first of the year into 2019. Okay. So still pretty young. Yeah. And that's the Indianapolis part of? Correct. Okay. And so was that your, your first experience with kind of, uh, obviously there's a financial aspect of, a, of merger and acquisition, but of uh, melding two teams, two different processes, cultures, how did that go? Uh it was it was challenging. Uh, there's still challenges that we have to to do. I think where we came came to and where we found some success was that our our view of of who we are as as, as owners and founders and what we and how we approached our team and and our our philosophies with with work and with the market all really aligned. And so yes, there are challenges, but we were able to really align on our goals and our aspirations to. To make it a, a you know mobility a, a great option for everybody, and so with with that uh, we know it's like I said it's pretty young still. I mean we were only at, at this a year with Double Map prior to this uh, later Ford acquisition that, that happened this summer, but uh, I think it's gone remarkably well. And as we said, we did it all organically, okay. uh, just between each other, not not including any third parties on that. Yeah. So how big's the team now? So the team right now is about 220 people. Okay. Uh, the the Utah office we had here in, up in Morgan was was relatively small. When we combined with Double Map, that took us to about 80 total people, and then the uh, office out of the Durham uh, location added another 120 or so, and we've grown a little bit since. And so, how often are you in Indiana and North Carolina? Trying to be there at least monthly. 
Okay. Uh, there's there's a lot to do, and uh, my my goal as as a CEO is to build trust with the team, and that means I need to be in front of them as, as often as I possibly can. So balancing my time between between the three locations uh, is 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 tricky, but necessary. Yeah, makes you appreciate having a a private plan at some point. Right? <laughs> That's right. Very cool. So um, you're building this you know tech company in Morgan. Um, which is great. How, but there's probably challenges with that, uh, being in a uh, you know small rural um, community. How did you recruit, retain, and, and find good em- employees? Yeah, Morgan is not what uh, you would think of as a as a tech center in Utah. We'd like to change that a little bit if we could. Yeah. But there are remarkably uh, talented people in the in the area. And so our focus in, in Utah has, has really been making sure that the customer is priority number one. And so it wasn't hard to find people that were very uh, in line with that, that line of thinking where customers and making them happy and solving their problems came as, a, as, the, as the main priority. So we found a fantastic customer success team uh, that we've established there. Uh, additionally, obviously, because we're a tech company, we have an engineering team. Uh, I'd say if there is a particular place that it's a, a little harder to recruit, uh, it's going to be on the engineering team uh, yeah. based there in, in Morgan. However, we have found some talent there as well. Uh, we're also taking in some people from outside of Morgan. Uh, some travel down to Morgan. Uh, some are up in Logan. Yeah. We've retained some help up there, uh, and that's that's proven to be successful. But Morgan is a, is a great place, and it's a place that isn't – Crazy far away from uh, where there is a lot of town along the Wasatch Front, but don't don't tell anyone that. Yeah, uh, it's so far away and so cold. Don't ever go live there, except <laughs> uh, if, if you're going to work um, with Justin. Um, it's a gem. It's a gem for sure. Okay, so uh, last year, about a year ago, double map, and then this summer. Ford Motor Company. That's, right. That's a pretty big jump. Yeah, it is. So we had this thought of, of if we decided to do this merger with Double Map, that, that it was done with the our with our eye on the future of some other bigger player that can really give us the, the backing and the ability to grow and make a bigger difference um, out there for us. And so we knew that if we did the merger with Double Map in the fall, that we would very soon be looking. Uh, at those other opportunities with bigger opportunities. That was something that we also did organically. We did it all without the help of, of a bank or, or outside group. Uh, I think it went quite well. Obviously, we were able to attract someone like Ford and, and, and actually some other very impressive names in the market. But ultimately, we felt that Ford was the best fit uh, for what we wanted to accomplish, both the, the name, one of the most trusted brands in the, in the world, as well as the backing of, of all the things they're trying to do. Ford has been very forward-thinking in their uh, approach to mobility in that they realize that making cars is not all that they can or they necessarily should do. They're a mobility company. They yeah. need to be able to, to handle all aspects of moving people around. And that vision was one that we really latched onto, and we're excited to make it work. And so how is it going to work? Are, are they going to install things and? In- Right on the assembly line, your technology, how does it work at, at the end of the day? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, that's not exactly the way that it would work with, with Ford. So Ford has 
different divisions inside of it. There's a group called the Ford Mobility Group, and inside of that group, there's a Ford Smart Mobility Group of which we belong. Okay. Uh, so the Ford Smart Mobility Group is really a, a, a section of Ford that has focused on doing these more exciting and forward-thinking uh, things, these ideas, and investing in companies that can really take and, and uh, establish these relationships with cities to build out these other mobility opportunities. Okay. And so Ford is investing a lot into that so as they look to the future, knowing that a car company uh, is something they got down very, very well, but they need to look at these other opportunities, which is why they, they look at companies like us. Gotcha. So this is a long-term play for them? Yes, absolutely. And so do you, if you're uh, at the airport and somebody says, hey, who do you work for? Do you say Ford? Sometimes. <laughs> Depends who I'm talking to. Uh, typically, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I still work for, for Ride Systems. Um, we are uh, still early on with this acquisition by Ford, and, and we're working on the name that's going to eventually be uh, the fit for us. So at that point, um, you know, Ford will probably be part of that. Sure. But uh, that's still to be determined. Um, Coincidentally, the airport is one of our customers that we that we work well with, and uh, that's exciting to to work here locally with them. So you uh, you drive and park in the parking lot, the best I can, yes. And you, the bus uses your technology, correct? Okay, very cool. Yeah, I uh, I'll take a Uber or Lyft, which I guess is a little bit of a competition for for you. They can be, or they could be. Um, they've been dabbling in the in that mobility space with, with other modes of transportation. They, they're not a direct competitor um, as of yet, and uh, we feel like that we complement them as yeah. much as anything. Our, our idea around mobility is that there's various forms. There's on-demand type mobility. There's the, the uh, Ubers and Lyfts out there. There are fixed route opportunities. And scooters is another one. Yeah. Um, Ford owns a scooter company called Spin. Uh, that's kind of all part of this play. And the idea around this is that we want to give people the ability to really choose what fits best for them yeah. in, in the moment they're in, whether that's a bus, whether that's a scooter, whether that's a, uh, an Uber or a Lyft, they can all play in the same sandbox and work well together. Yeah. So do you have a boss now? I do. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of new. It or is new. I, I do have a great boss and uh, they've been, been able to, give me some great instruction and, and some insight on how their, their vision, the Ford vision is, is going forward there. But they also give me a lot of slack to do the things that uh, I, I'd say is a special sauce inside of our company that's made it successful. Yeah. So how does it work? Um, is there like a fairly rigid like onboarding process of, hey, now this is the way we do it at Ford or, hey, you've built a successful company. We'll uh, check in every once in a while. How does it work? Yeah, it's more of the latter. They they uh, they do have their own rules and regulations, but they have tried to, as I said before, keep the special sauce inside of the company yeah. that made it successful. So uh, starting off at Ride Systems with very few policies and procedures, uh, going into something like this, yeah, we've got some growing to do, but those are things that are there to help protect. As you, as you get larger, you have to do those sort of things. Yeah. Uh, but very, very much, they want us to continue to operate in the way that made us the most successful. Yeah. And so from what you, you described a few questions ago, they're kind of amassing a little portfolio of, you know, tech companies in the mobility space, things like that. Do you interact with them? Yes. We were actually up in Toronto 
uh, for a big uh, North American transportation conference. And it was bringing in cities and, and the big players in this uh, across, across North America where we were able to showcase all of what Ford can do uh, for them, as well as, of, of course, our offering, which is more particularly around transportation and, and, and that. But, but, yeah, there are other aspects of, of Ford that bring in the, the ability for cities to use all this data to make, to make great and important decisions and to make it more accessible, to cut down on congestion and pollution and all of those things that cities are trying to solve for. Yeah. That's where Ford wants to be. So of all the cities in this great country, um, what would be the best client for you guys? Who has the most buses? <laughs> well, I would say that sometimes those large uh, systems with the most buses may be the most difficult to work with. Sure. Um, there are some big cities that, that we uh, would love to work in, but I'll tell you that the cities that we probably have the most success in are the, maybe the, the mid-tier yeah. level cities. Uh, that we can go in and there's not too much red tape. Uh, there's enough there that they can we, we can we can get through the red tape and we can see some of these things take effect and have have an impact quickly. Yeah. Um, the big cities and the ones with the most buses, things just don't go quickly, and that yeah. that makes it tough. Yeah, they don't go quickly with bureaucracy or with the actual buses. That's correct. <laughs> there's too many people. All right, so um, your your intent is to keep. Continue to grow the, the business. You've got three locations, but stay headquartered in Utah. Well, I don't think we have a central headquarters that we would call it okay. at this point. Um, we, we don't necessarily have plans to announce that there is a specific headquarters. But, yeah, the intent is to grow uh, in a thoughtful way that, that makes us successful as a team to, to uh, capitalize on where we feel like the talent is, is focused correctly and um, – so that's that's yet to be determined on a central location if we do make that decision. But, yeah, all three locations have opportunity for growth. Cool. All right, some meat and potatoes questions. Sure. So um, you've gone from a small startup to having a, you know, a, a team in three states and uh, a boss at Ford. Um, how do you manage your days, your time, um, allocating family time and – and vacation time and all of that, um, what technologies do you use? What tricks do you use to, to be a good leader? It is a, it is a challenge uh, with all those things going on. But um, all very important aspects of your life. Uh, so the way I do it on a normal day for me, I like to get up early, around 5 a.m., uh, go hit the gym. I'm a member of the local CrossFit box up there in Morgan. Cool. CrossFit Unknown. We'll put a plug in for them. <laughs> And uh, that's been fun. We've actually encouraged a lot of people uh, from, from work to come join us there. But the idea is that morning time is very, very precious time. And you can make or break your day, make or break your day based on how you use that time in the morning. So I, I choose to use that time to focus on myself, on, on getting some exercise, doing either reading or some meditation, and uh, starting the day off right. And that, that really sets the tone for the rest of the day. Uh, past that, it's doing my very, very best to allocate the time during those work hours to focus on the most important things, meet with the most important people. Um, across the three companies, obviously, we're not in front of them, so we're utilizing Slack. We're u- utilizing Google Hangouts for video conferencing. Um, and, and then after that, I mean, it is a difficult task to, to try to shut off work and, and focus on family, uh, but you know, we do have to plan for that. And I think the trick is to be very intentional with that 
that time. If you're going to say it's family time, then you need to make it family time. Yeah. Uh, don't always succeed at that, but I'm, I'm trying my best. Yeah. Yeah, for a distributed team, Slack's probably a lifesaver. Absolutely. Um, very cool. And uh, the airline you fly most often? Delta. Delta. Okay. Direct flights from Salt Lake to all the locations I need to go. Thank goodness. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, this has been insightful and fun, and it's great to uh, to hear these stories of cities and companies outside of of the Wasatch Front. And uh, Ford is my favorite car manufacturer, so it's cool that you uh, work for Ford now. That's right. <laughs> and uh, appreciate your time being here, and I guess enjoy the ride back up with all the pretty leaves changing. Right on. Well, I appreciate the time being here as well. Thank you.